Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 6th of February. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, So glad to have you guys here with us today. We got a lot going on. We're going to have some fun. We are marching toward the big game this weekend. You got San Francisco. You got Kansas City there in Vegas, and our partner Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss, the color, the Gatorade, to Taylor Swift's lipstick. Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online, join today, get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So, today's one of those days. I wake up in the morning. I I love having something to look forward to, right? And I wake up this morning, and finally, the Heat and Panthers are back in action. Now, the Heat, of course, have been playing every few days, but the Panthers, it's been like two weeks. They had that bye week. Every team gets a bye week. You know that? In the National Hockey, there's there's a built-in bye, and the Panthers got it right before the All-Star break. So it's been like two weeks since we've seen our favorite little hockey team in action. So the Panthers are back tonight. They're taking on Philadelphia at home. Now, you know the Heat and Panthers always have to play at home the same nights. The Heat are home tonight against Orlando. So this is one of those mornings I woke up. I'm looking forward to it. Now, also, I did driving line this morning with my man, Jonathan Coachman, Alan Bell, AB. So go this morning. I I tweeted out the link. I was on with those guys yesterday. I'm doing every Monday with them. I was on with them today as well. It's it's a sports betting show. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much just me. I mean, sports talk show centered around gambling, all right? It's about 15 minutes every morning live at 10 a.m. on their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at driving the line. And yeah, so go check that out. I was on with them yesterday because I'm doing every Monday. 
And I was on with them again today. So we give out some picks. Did a little bit on pro wrestling. Obviously, my guy Coach, everybody knows, legendary WWE broadcaster. And I'm going to be doing more stuff with them in the morning. So go check those guys out. Now, let's get after what happened last night. I want to start, when we start shows now, I want to start giving a quick little rundown of some things of note from the previous night. So a couple things in the college basketball world. Kansas State. Big win over Kansas. I actually gave out Kansas as one of my picks yesterday on driving the line. So, number four, Kansas lost in overtime at Kansas State, 75-70. I watched the whole Canes game last night. Oh, my God, what a shitburger game. Virginia, and we know Virginia has got the great defense. And Virginia's a tough team to watch when your team's playing against them. Because you know the game's going to be slow, and there's not going to be a lot of points. The Canes were held to 38 Virginia wins 60-38. to It was an ESPN game as well. That was an embarrassment for the Hurricanes, who are not a lock for the tournament. They're a 500 team. I think they're 6-6 six and six in the ACC. They're a 500 ACC team. After getting the Final Four last year, they may not make the tournament this year, which, of course, will be a massive disappointment. Canes only shot 29%. They were 2-20 from 3. Pathetic performance. As far as the NBA goes... Clippers, 6-1 on their road trip. They win in Atlanta, 149-144. Hawks suck. Clippers were one of my picks yesterday on driving the line. But I hate all the points. Can somebody play a little bit of defense? 149-144. And look, that shows you, I liked the Heat's performance a few days ago against the Clippers. The Heat held them to 103. And then on the second night of a back-to-back, the Clippers scored 149. So... Even though the Heat didn't win that game, I liked the Heat's performance. The Heat are back in action tonight against Orlando. I think they're going to play well. The Warriors beat the Nets last night. The big story coming out of there, the NBA trade deadline is Thursday. Klay Thompson, he's not that good anymore. And he struggled last night, and he was benched the final seven minutes. And the Warriors are not going to trade him. The Warriors are not going to trade him for a couple of reasons. The first reason is... The Warriors and, you know, the assistant coach who, you know, died a couple of weeks ago. And and I think the Warriors are, are a little too in their emotions. And what I mean by that is they already don't want to part with guys like Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. And because of a, a, a real tragedy that took place on their team, I don't think they're going to add to the emotional situation by trading away a guy like Klay Thompson. Which, of course, you got to be able to separate emotions and relationships from basketball decisions. And I think the Warriors are struggling with that right now. And the second part is, I don't think there's a trade market for Klay Thompson. You know, you look at him and he's averaging 17 points per game. But he's shooting career lows in field goals and career lows in threes. On top of that, Klay Thompson is a really emotional player. How is Klay Thompson going to react to not being on... Like, a team would trade for him, even just as a rental, a championship contending team. How would Klay Thompson react to not being on the Warriors anymore, to being traded, and to now continue this difficult season in a brand new place for the first time in his career for a player who's already pretty sensitive? I don't think that's a good fit for a championship team. I don't think there's a trade market for Klay Thompson. And the Lakers won their third in a row against the Hornets last night. That's their last game before the trade deadline. They play again Thursday night. Deadline is Thursday afternoon. LeBron was asked last night what he makes about, you know, should there be any changes. 
that uh, should be made. And he's like, that's eh, not for me to decide. Okay, LeBron, we all, we all know, we all know you have a major voice when it comes to the decision-making process with the Los Angeles Lakers. But you want to play coy? Fine. All right. Don't fall for the rope of dope with this Laker team. They've won three in a row. The Hornets are, are the biggest loser franchise in the league. Although, if the Brooklyn Nets tonight give a video tribute to Kyrie Irving, they're the ultimate loser franchise. They're the ultimate cuck franchise, the Brooklyn Nets, if they give a video tribute tonight to Kyrie Irving. We'll see how that goes down. Ultimate cuck franchise if the Nets give a video tribute to Kyrie Irving this evening. But don't fall for the rope-a-dope with the Lakers. They've won three in a row. The Celtics' pathetic performance. The Knicks didn't have OG Ananobi or Julius Randle. And the Hornets, huge loser franchise. So, like I said, don't fall for the rope-a-dope when it comes to the Lakers. That is not a good team. It doesn't matter that they've won three in a row. And, And finally, we'll do a little bit of this here. Last night, for the first time in a really long time, I couldn't wait for Monday Night Raw. I couldn't wait for the start of the show. Now, I always watch Raw, but I usually watch it later in the night. Last night, I was watching it live. I gotta see what Cody Rhodes is gonna say to start off the show. I gotta get an explanation for why he gave his spot to The Rock. I gotta see if we're actually not gonna get Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Now, if you've been listening to me, and I spoke a little bit about this on Driving Line this morning. I spoke a lot about it on my wrestling show, It's Still Real to Me, which, of course, is Sunday nights. So you can go back and listen to that. It's still very, very relevant. I think we're all going to get what we want with Cody. I think it's a part of a much bigger story that is going on right now. WWE is a billion-dollar business. They know what their audience wants. It would be insane to piss off the entire fan base and not have Cody versus Roman in the main event of WrestleMania. I absolutely think we are all getting it. And last night only furthered my belief that we're all going to get what we want. I've never heard the broadcast crew, Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, I've never heard them more gleeful and delighted to talk about the crowd's displeasure with what's happening with Cody Rhodes. Hashtag we want Cody. They brought it up all throughout the show. They are letting you know in plain view that they are well aware of everyone being upset. How many times did Michael Cole tell you during the show that Cody still hasn't chosen his main event match for WrestleMania? How many times has Michael Cole told you throughout the show, we don't even know if it's The Rock versus Roman. Tune into the press conference in Vegas on Thursday and we're going to get some more clarity. And Cody, after the show, addressed the crowd very emotional. And Cody tweeted out after the show, I appreciate all the sport, but trust me. I trust Cody Rhodes. This is heading in a direction that's going to please everyone. And now, Cody Rhodes is as over a babyface we've had in WWE in years. You've worked yourself into a shoot. The entire WWE Universe, who's been angry about this the last few days, you've worked yourself into a shoot. We're all going to get what we want. Let the story play out. All right. So a little bit there as far as what happened last night. I think we'll start. I think we'll begin starting shows with that. Give you a little quick rundown 
of things that, uh, you know, maybe you missed from the previous night. So, speaking of what, oh, but I tell you who we're having on the show today, all right? I wanted to get some different people on the show this week leading into the Super Bowl. And now I have so many new colleagues at ESPN. I may as well get some of those folks on. Unsportsmanlike every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. See, I'm getting used to that, right? My program directors at ESPN Radio said, I, I got to make sure I say Eastern Time because you got people all around the country listening. Not everybody lives on the East Coast. East Coast, best coast. So I got to say Eastern Time. 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, ESPN Radio, Unsportsmanlike. My guy, Evan Cohen, Michelle Smallman, and Chris Canty. Michelle Smallman is going to be on this show today. She'll make her Zaslow Show 2.0 debut. I'm looking forward to meeting her, looking forward to talking to her, so we'll talk Super Bowl. We'll do all that fun stuff with her. All right, but you know what? It is Tuesday. You know on Tuesdays what we got going on. Let's get to this week's edition of Twitter Jam. All right, so you guys know how we do. Every Tuesday, we go through one of the hot topics that's trending on social media. What's hotter right now than hashtag we want Cody? All right, so let's do a little bit of WWE Cody Rhodes here. First tweet here. This is from Barstool Sports. Monday Night Raw opened to, quote, Rocky sucks and, quote, we want Cody chance. And The Rock isn't even there. Yeah, Rocky sucks. We're dating back to 1996 when The Rock was the most hated babyface. Babyface. But he was still Rocky Mayavia. He wasn't The Rock yet. And We Want Cody resonated all throughout the building there. And the WWE broadcast was not shy to tell you about it. <coughs> this next tweet. Wrestle Purists tweets out. They are a, a wrestling podcast. They're very popular apparently. And they tweet out. WWE absolutely took notice of the Cody Rhodes reaction. And there are some who have pushed for the company to lean into it. Feeling it will make Cody a stronger babyface by playing up the fan surgeon to him. The plan here was never to turn the Rock heel or to have it come across even to smart fans as if he was maliciously taking Rhodes' spot. As several in WWE pointed out, they can adjust the plan week by week to make it make sense. This next tweet is from Crispy Wrestling. They are uh, it's a YouTuber fan account for pro wrestling. Second time. Michael Coles mentioned Rock versus Roman hasn't been made official and has talked about the We Want Cody trend. This Thursday's press conference is about to be really interesting. Yep. Yep. I mean, they're letting you know about it on the broadcast. And this Thursday's press conference in Vegas, it's hosted by Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. And you got the Super Bowl descending upon Vegas. And that's going to be a really big deal. This next tweet is from... Degenerate George, he apparently is editor-in-chief of of some wrestling uh, podcast, I guess. All right. And he writes here, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes is definitely happening. The Rock will announce at Thursday's media event that he will be special guest referee to make sure that his family stays in line. We're all getting worked. I could see that being the scenario. I could see that being it. Now, the part that throws me off is Cody saying on Friday night, I'm not doing it at WrestleMania. I don't know why he said that. That that I don't have an answer for. But can this be it? That The Rock is going to special guest referee? Yeah, could be. Could be. All right. 
Cody Rhodes tweets out after Raw last night. <coughs> Actually, let me first do this. This tweet is from WrestleLamia.com. They're a very big uh, wrestling news rumor source. And they, they have the video, and it's a quote from Cody saying, For you to want me is special because I've always wanted you. And here's the clip. As a little boy who grew up loving everything, for you to want me is special because I have always wanted you. I love you guys so much. I'm sorry I'm an emotional mess. Please, let's hear it for the man who came and just saved my ass. Very emotional, Cody Rhodes. I mean, he is the biggest baby face this company has seen in years now. I'm telling you, this is all part of the plan. Cody is so over and so popular now. It's going to be such a massive deal when he fights Roman again at WrestleMania. Is he going to beat him? I don't know about that part. Is he going to finish the story yet? I don't know about that part. But it's going to be enormous. WrestleMania.com tweets out. Actually, Cody Rhodes first. Then after the show, Cody Rhodes tweets out. Appreciate the passion. God bless y'all. But trust me. Come on. Come on. And finally, WrestleMania.com responds to that with, Something just screams Cody having a plan in mind. I could definitely see a night one and night two match for Roman Reigns. See, that's what I'm hoping for. Night one, Rock fights Cody for the tribal chief, for the head of the table. I mean, Rock fights Roman. Night two... Cody fights Roman for the Undisputed Tug. That's what I'm hoping for. And that right there is another edition of Twitter Jam. All right, so let me tell you guys, you know I've been telling you about sheets and giggles for a while now. Why am I doing that? Well, because if you've been having trouble sleeping, you're probably not getting as good a sleep as you can. If you've been having trouble sleeping because you're worried that Cody Rhodes is going to give away his spot at WrestleMania to The Rock... I'm going to help you out, actually. I'm sending it to SheetsGiggles.com. SheetsGiggles.com, the only place where the Zaslow family shops for their bed sheets. I got the comforter. I got the blankets. I got the pillowcases. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow made from the wood of eucalyptus trees. I'm getting the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around because at SheetsGiggles.com, they care about your sleep. They care about the environment. If you're looking for a new mattress, Have you ever slept on a mattress made from eucalyptus? I mean, a koala sleeps on a eucalyptus tree up to 18 hours a day. Can you imagine how comfortable a eucalyptus mattress is then? All kinds of sales and promotions are always going on at SheetsGiggles.com. And if this is your first time visiting SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off at checkout. Z-A-S-L-O-W, promo code ZASLO. 20% off at checkout. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. All guests on Zaslo Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. Come on, how are you going to get ready for the game this weekend? You go to your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. You pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. You're all set. You're ready to go. Official beer of Zaslo Show 2.0. Make sure you always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us now, unsportsmanlike, every morning, 6 to 10 a.m., ESPN Radio. My colleagues, now that I'm at ESPN Radio, they don't even necessarily know. Like, I don't think Chris Canty knows he's my colleague yet. 
but they're my colleagues, okay? So one of my colleagues is Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, every morning, 6 to 10 a.m., unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. It's good to meet you. It's good to have you on the show here. How are you enjoying unsportsmanlike? Are you guys getting used to each other? Or it seems like you, you've gotten yourself into a good rhythm now. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to join one of my fellow teammates on your show. Um, things are good. Things are really good. We were talking about it before we went live, just about how brutal the 4 a.m. wake-up call is, particularly oh. when you have to stay up and watch a, a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game the night before. But we've been doing this for, I think, five months now. I think this week was our five-month anniversary of the show. And it feels like we've been doing it for much longer, which I think is a good thing because I think that that signifies um, just how we've grown and our connectivity as a show unit. Because, you know, when you first step into this, you're sitting in a windowless room for four hours with people that you don't really know and you don't know what their thought process is going to be or how they want to build a show or what their sense of humor is like. So as the months have gone on and we've gone through this football season together, we've really gotten to learn about one another. And I think that we're in a pretty good place right now. We have a lot of fun every day. Now you've done mornings before when you were in St. Louis locally, but now you're on TV every day doing yeah. mornings. It, you know, I used to do mornings here in Miami and I'll roll in. I, I'm wearing what I slept in. Like, who cares? You know, I'm going to look like a total schlub when I walk into that studio. But if I were on camera every day, I mean, look, there's only so much I could do to touch up on my appearance. But you do have to get a little bit ready for the camera. So that adds, um. like, are you comfortable with the camera the whole time? You say a little ready for the camera. It takes me like an hour to get ready for the camera, especially coming in at four o'clock in the morning. I look like a troll that just rolled out from underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. It is a rough scene when I arrive in the morning and we have an amazing team of artists, Anita, who does my hair every day, and Lou and Ashley, who trade off on my makeup. They do CC and Evan's hair and makeup as well, but they take like two minutes. But yeah, it's been interesting because you're right. Radio we did kind of just wear whatever we wanted. It's a very casual environment. It's it. You sit in a room with people for hours on end and you have a conversation. So you want to make sure that you're comfortable and that your, your guard is down in a way and your dress fits into that. But now that we're on camera every day, I have to worry about what I'm going to wear in the morning. Does this dress look good on TV? What's this color going to present like on TV? And let me tell you, People are not afraid of telling you if they think you look good or bad. I know, I know. And there is a lot of days where I'll walk out of the hair and makeup room and be like, okay, we pulled it together. Another day we pulled it together. And then I unfortunately open up social media and it's like, I hate your shirt. Why are you wearing that? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> next time I'll consult with you. My bad. But I don't think that I'll ever get used to the cameras being on all the time. It's a very foreign thing for me. So one thing that used to get me when I was doing morning radio was, do I have to stay up and watch this game? And the worst for me was during college football bowl season because those oh. games would start at 9 and they'll end at 1 a.m. because all college football games are four hours. Like, Do I really <laughs> need to see this game? Are you running into that issue? Um, A little bit, yes. We did in, in college. You're right. Like NFL – no questions asked. You're you're watching all of the games. We are consuming all of that. We're going to be breaking that down at length, not only on Monday, but throughout the week. And it's even if it's a game that might not have as big of a billing coming into the following week for us to react to, it's always good to watch those teams because you're likely going to have a game where you need to have that body of work and that knowledge and those data points on that team. 
But with college football, I had to learn this in the beginning because I was spending every Saturday watching as many games as I could. And then we would arrive and I would say, okay, so we're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about this game. I spent all of this time in football jail on Saturday watching these games that we're not going to even give any airtime to. So that was certainly an adjustment period for me, figuring out what we really needed to watch every minute of and what games I could yeah. just get little snippets of. But so far, NFL, everything. And now once we're past the Super Bowl, I imagine it'll be NBA every night, really getting ingrained into the NBA. How many Super Bowls have you been to? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, um, I'm going to have to be annoying and count them on the air. So I went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I went to Indy. I have been to Houston. I was there. You went to the- these. You went to these games. You you stayed for the game. Uh, I didn't stay for every game, but I went to Super Week. The only game I've been to is when I covered it for ESPN Radio back in the day. That was the twenty eight three. Patriots, Falcons, Super Bowl, oh, the wow. iconic comeback at NRG Stadium in Houston. That's the only game I ever stayed for. But I've been to wow. the Super Bowl and the week leading up. Wow. So the only one you like, I've only been to one. It was the Steelers and Seahawks. It was the 05 season. So the game was in 06. The, the Steelers won 21 10. I think the final score was in Detroit. Terrible city, terrible game. Uh, but you. <laughs> oh, Detroit? What? Oh. Oh, the wet, it was February, Michelle. There was oh, okay. hail one night. There was hail. I'm here in Miami. There was hail I was dealing That's with fair. there. That's Horrendous fair. weather. Horrendous yeah. weather. Uh, we have Dan Graziano on the show all the time, and we were talking about how it's going to be cold in Vegas. A lot of people are assuming it's going to be warm, but it dips at night. You know, it's the desert. Mm-hmm. It gets cold at night. And he's like, after we went to Minneapolis, we went to Minnesota a couple years right. ago, I'll never complain about weather ever again. Right. So that sounds like your version of Detroit. So you've only been to one. That's a good one to have gone to, though. Yes. Who, who is your team? Oh, I don't have a team. My team was ripped from me. I'm from St. Louis. I was a Rams fan. Okay. Now they're my mortal enemy. So I'm a free agent. I'm like the the NFL version of the Bachelorette. I don't have a team to love, but I am ready to love again. So next season, I'm going to have to pick. Well, so okay, how are you going to pick then? What? How do we? How do we do this? I don't know. But I could certainly use your brain power on this because we've we've thrown around a couple ideas on the show, and any suggestions are welcome because. I have 31 teams that I can consider. The Rams are out. I'll never love them again. They did me wrong. You know, when you break up with somebody, it's not usually wise to go back down that road. So I think that ship has sailed for me. But there's a lot of other options, obviously, and a lot of great qualities for every team. And I kind of don't know which way to go. I I think maybe the Chiefs are out because I don't want to jump on that bandwagon. It feels a little icky to jump on a a dynasty bandwagon, especially if they win again, back to back. I feel like you're telling us that you don't want to, you don't want to be like Evan Cohen who decided early in the two thousands, you know what? I'm a huge Patriots fan. Correct. He is the front runner fan of all front runner fans. He loves a team on top. So I don't want to be like Evan because he's already got that cornered on our show. But I need help figuring out how I'm going to go about this. I think you should pick a team who has a young quarterback where it's like you're on the ground floor. You know, they're obviously not good if they have a young quarterback. And at least this way you get to be there. It it, it ends up being organic where you're right there at the start. They were lousy. You get to watch the QB grow and nobody can tell you that you were, you were a front runner. So I think maybe you got to pick one of the bad teams that sucks. All right. But with a young quarterback, it gives you someone to root for. I feel like maybe that's the route to go with. 
Okay, that's really smart. So I don't know if this qualifies. He's a young quarterback, but had success this year. I'm very intrigued by loving the Green Bay Packers. It kind yeah, I think of that's okay. Me. I think that's okay. But but they're you know they're somehow find the quarterback fountain of youth every year. You go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. How does that happen? There are so many franchises out there that are stuck in quarterback purgatory and the Packers always find a way. So it almost feels like even though they're a young team on the rise and Jordan Love is certainly fresh on the scene, that it feels like I'm I'm joining an already really established great franchise. So I don't know if that's allowed, but they intrigue me okay. a lot. I think it's okay. They've won one Super Bowl in like the last 25 years. It's okay. Yes, they've had the quarterbacks, but they're not, they're, it, it, you know, you're not rolling with this dynasty. You know, I, I think that's okay. I think Green okay. Bay fits the bill. And everyone, the NFL fan kind of likes the Packers. You know, it's a small little team. The stadium's in the middle of a neighborhood. They don't have an owner. The fans yep. own the team. I think the Packers a decent choice, Michelle. I think you should give that some real consideration. I like Yeah, that. I'm a Midwest girl. I, I've, I've gone to Green Bay. It's my type of place. Beer, yeah. fried cheese, high fives from everybody. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of my place. Like, I have been to Miami. I love Miami. But I don't know if I fit Miami. You know what I mean? It's a great place for me to visit and spend time in. But I don't know if they would view me as one of their own. Well, I, I mean, I saw your mob boss get up, uh, mob <laughs> boss wife get up the other day. You know, if that's the case, uh, you're looking at Giants or Jets, you know, if you want to walk around looking like that. How did that come about? Was that on purpose? Oh, of course it was on purpose. Okay. Have you seen this trend that's going on? This this new aesthetic that's out there? It's called the mob wife aesthetic. I don't know if you've seen this. I haven't seen, seen this. this, no. Okay, let me explain. Let me explain. So last year, the trend for hair and makeup was clean girl. A slicked back bun, a dewy skin clean girl aesthetic at the beginning of the year this girl went viral because she was like clean girl is out mob wife is in we're <laughs> talking big hair eyeliner a little bit of an attitude big gold jewelry and i'm italian even though i'm from st louis my mom is from new jersey and i was like oh this is made for me we have to do mob wife at some point did you get so the coat from your mother I did not. I had had that in my closet. That was my own personal okay. phone for it that I had had in the closet. Um, but I should have borrowed one of hers. You're right. That would have added a little something, I think, to the look. But as I mentioned, Anita and Lou in the hair and makeup department were so in. And I came in early and we really dedicated uh, ourselves to the look. And it was really fun. We had a oh, great time. It was perfect. It was so good. It was so <laughs> Thank you. good. It was really, really great. Uh, Taylor Swift, are you annoyed with all the Taylor Swift stuff with the Chiefs or are you into it? I'm so into it. Um, I know some people think it's a little oversaturated that we hear about it all the time. But when I got this job, something that was really important to me was finding a way to make space for more women to come to Sports Talk Radio. And Taylor Swift has done that for me in a very turnkey way, in a very organic way. My girlfriends, have watched the show since I started because they love and support me. They know nothing about football, nor do they really care to know. Through osmosis, they've picked some things up. But Taylor Swift starts dating Travis Kelsey, and they're like, oh, Chiefs and Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Like, they're paying attention to the things that I say now because they're interested in the game because of her. And I've seen so many beautiful stories about dads and daughters finding a way to connect through football because Taylor Swift is the vessel that has gotten them there. So as a, a daddy's girl and as a female that loves that more women that I know and more women around the country are taking interest in the sports world, particularly the NFL, I'm going to cheer for that any way I can get it.
I like it. Uh, you know, I, I think overall the cameras show the crowd uh, in between plays a little bit too much anyway, and it's just random people. So would I rather see the crowd shot of Taylor Swift, who at least nice. I know, or random people? I'd rather see crowd shot of Taylor Swift. I don't understand what the big deal is. She's the biggest, one of the biggest global superstars that we have going right now. She infused a billion dollars into the economy. That's how popular this person is. It would be bad business for the NFL to not show her. I read something the other day on the show. I hope I get the number right. But just her being shown on the broadcast has generated, I think it was $331 million worth of additional brand awareness for the NFL. Think about that. And she's shown for seconds a game. I don't even think it's in totality. Probably it's less than three minutes, maybe, because they're only showing her in small snippets. Over $300 million in additional brand awareness for what is already a behemoth in our our cultural world. That's the type of impact that she has. So if I'm the NFL, you better believe I'm going to show her. And if I'm somebody at home, I also think from, from a perspective of a fan, whether you love it or you think it's too much, it's polarizing. And then it's yet another great storyline for us mm-hmm. to care about. So what's the setup uh, in, in the Smallman household this Sunday? Or do you go somewhere? What's the routine for the Super Bowl? Okay, great question. We were actually just talking about this off air on our show. So Evan has shared that he is a loner when it comes to Super Bowls or watching a big game. He likes to sit there by himself. He is. He's a maniac. maniac. Take notes, etc. So normally on the weekends, Sunday, as I shared, my friends call it football jail because they're like, Michelle cannot come to brunch. She cannot come to a workout class. She's in football jail. She's got to stay there all day and all night. Take notes. Watch the game. The Super Bowl is different. The Super Bowl is different. It is an American holiday, and I love to celebrate it. I also love to cook, and I live in the smallest apartment you've ever seen in New York City. My kitchen is so small that I can't even fit a cutting board on the countertop to cook. Yes, it's very brutal, um, but I feel lucky that I got a place in this neighborhood, in this building. So, And it's like $8,000 a month. It is, you would throw up if you knew what I paid and rent everyone to rent a studio apartment yeah, where I can't even cook yeah. in it. Uh, but you know what? The energy of the city unmatched. This is what I tell right. people. Um, but my friend who has a much bigger place is hosting a big Super Bowl party and I'm going to be on the food for the party. So I'm very excited to go. I'm making buffalo chicken dip. I'm making cheap pan nachos, uh, maybe some cupcakes. we got to get a dessert in there somehow, but I'm really excited to go to a Super Bowl party and watch with other people and, and break free on a Sunday for once. Watch with the normals. That's right. Oh, do you have a rooting interest? Yes and no. I have a rooting interest really either way. I, I was very bummed that Detroit didn't make it because I would have loved for the Lions to have that opportunity to capture the Super Bowl. Um, I just think it is so spectacular that we're talking about Mr. Irrelevant potentially winning a Super Bowl and potentially winning a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and this Kansas City Chiefs team. This defense, the second best defense in the NFL all season long. For all of the debate about Brock Purdy, is he good? Is he great? Would he have success elsewhere? The fact that he's even in this position, I think is so amazing. So part of me is rooting for continued greatness with Patrick Mahomes because it's just another chapter in an already special career that we can continue to have the the debate between he and Tom Brady. But there's something so rare about Mr. Irrelevant being QB1 for a Super Bowl team. So I think if I had to pick from just an emotional standpoint, I would go for, for San Francisco. 
the conversation around him is so weird because if Brock Purdy was a top pick in the draft, like Joe Burrow was, and in his second year, he's in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. win or lose, it's like, he's the guy. He's our franchise quarterback, which is exactly what happened with Burrow, and Burrow's great. But because Purdy was the last pick in the draft, and he's in the Super Bowl in his second year, I feel like if he doesn't win, or even if he doesn't perform well, oh, you see, he's not the guy. He's not that good. That's why he was Mr. Irrelevant. When it's only because of what we thought of him before the draft, instead of all of us admitting we were wrong, we should have known who this guy was. He should have been selected earlier. I feel like so many people are entrenched in that position to be right and jump on him if they lose. When if he was a top pick, everyone would be fawning over him. He's amazing. He's already in the Super Bowl his second year. Could not agree with you more. All season long, Brock Purdy has suffered from the yeah, but that precedes his name. Yeah, Brock Purdy's good. Yeah, but look at all the talent he has around him. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy's really good. Yeah, but the Kyle Shanahan offense, anybody can have success there. Brock Purdy's good. Yeah, but he's not the best player on his team. He's not the reason why they win games. And all he does is prove people wrong. Oh, he doesn't really have to operate from behind. Can he do that? Well, he's proven that two weeks in a row in the playoffs. Oh, if he has a a bad first half, is he going to be able to rebound? Yeah, we saw. We saw that happen not once again, but twice. Oh, if he's required to be the one to help them win the game, can he do it? Yeah, we've seen him step up and make huge plays, especially with his legs, which is a whole nother wrinkle in the Brock Purdy game that we didn't necessarily know that he would have. But you're right. If this was Trey Lance, who the 49ers made a huge investment in, not only where they selected him in the draft, but the draft capital that was required to bring him in, if the numbers were the same, if the throws were the same, if the game looked exactly the same, we'd be like, oh, 49ers are are genius. Like They mortgaged so much to bring this guy in, and it's paid off. But because this guy was selected with the last pick in the draft and he's Mr. Irrelevant, nobody wants to believe he's that good, which I think is bonkers. Yeah. Michelle, excellent debut on Zaslow Show 2.0. Promote everything you guys got going on. Obviously, like I said, 6, 10 a.m. every morning on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Am I leaving anything out? No, just follow us on social media, too. Let me get the handle because I always get yeah. it wrong. Um, hang on one second because it's not unsportsmanlike. It's, it was taken. It was taken when you guys created that the was show. taken. So you can follow us on social media at unsports ESPN. Our social media guru Rob Lorenzo putting up some amazing behind the scenes stuff, not only from our show but from Greeny as well. He works with Greeny, so that's always a fun way to find us too. Awesome. Good to have you on this show, Michelle. Good meeting you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent job by Michelle Smallman. Good debut on the show. Again, 6, 10 a.m. every morning on on Sportsman. Like my colleagues, also my pal Evan Cohen, but Evan Cohen, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, every morning, 6, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. All right, guys, if you're thinking about getting a new ride, you're lucky you're listening to your boy right now because I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking a relaxed indoor car shopping experience. You're going to find exactly the ride that you're looking for, whether it be a sedan, an SUV, a truck, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it, and you're going to take advantage of all the great deals they have at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. What if I told you right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. Or you could lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $219 a month for 36 months with 50 
$54.95 due at signing with approved credit. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for more details. Maybe you're just looking to get your current car serviced. Well, did you know that they service all makes and models at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru? That's right. So whatever you're driving right now, you can get it serviced with confidence at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, nflsubaru.com. The location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. I got a few things for you here. Now, you guys know I love Christopher Mad Dog Russo. He is one of my idols in sports talk radio. Well, he was on first take yesterday. Normally, he only does Wednesdays, but I guess because of Super Bowl week. He was on yesterday, and they were showing video clips of Dan Orlovsky doing the, the quarterback skills competition at the, at the Pro Bowl over the weekend. And uh, Orlovsky did not appreciate what Dog had to say about Mad it. Mad Dog, you going to say anything here? Makes up for this. Yeah, I want to say something. Yeah. Who cares? Indoors in a pair of pants on, tossing a football around. Who cares? Crying out loud. He ran out of the end zone. Nobody cares. That's like Steve making 15 free throws in an empty gym, and then he goes to a ball game and is, you know, four for ten at the line with the game on the line. Why? Because he hits the three going across there like a city. Which, which is definitely Nobody possible. Cares, which is definitely so, possible. I which care. Is definitely possible. I was impressed. I was impressed. Come on. You were impressed. I can do this. This is not that difficult. No, you can. I can do this. Him with the ball. I'll throw. So yes, I could. I'll throw the football that far. This is ridiculous. This, he was a scrub in the NFL. This does not make up for that. All right, so I'm going big deal here because you, you know I love Dog, but I can't defend him here. Call, Colin Orlovsky a scrub. Like, you work with him. It's not nice, all right? You can't say that about a friend or about someone you work with, you know, if, if you want to keep it cordial, you know? And Orlovsky even tweeted out in response to it, that's classless. I, I, I can't defend Dog in that spot. Colin Orlovsky, all the other stuff he said was funny. But they're calling him a scrub. That's, that was not nice. So I, I'll go big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday was media day for the Super Bowl, which, you know, you got all kinds of reporters out there. They can go up to all the players. The big players have, like, their own station where you can go up, you walk up, you ask questions. It's a whole big to-do. So George Kittle, George Kittle is a huge pro wrestling fan. And last night someone asked George Kittle about what's going on with Cody Rhodes and The Rock. We're starting off hot, and I love it. That is the question I've been wanting to, ooh. So, it's fun, you see everything online, and everyone's talking about we want Cody, or it's Roman and The Rock. You know what, I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan. I like Roman Reigns, The Rock, A. He coined the term, the people's tight end, so I'm indebted to The Rock, huge fan of him. Honestly, my dream would be like, uh, kind of a setup. Roman shows up, I saw this online. Roman shows up, signs a contract, Cody's on the other side, The Rock referees. Wouldn't that be fun and special? Let's let's just let's make it fun and interesting. That was not my own idea, but I thought it was really cool. See, George Kittle knows he's up to speed. He's a huge pro wrestling fan, so I'm 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 going big deal. He's into it. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. So, like I told you, they they credential like everyone for this event. But you may recognize this kid. He's 11 years old. Jeremiah Fennel, small little kid, black kid, and wants to be a reporter, a sports reporter. At this point, you know who he is because his YouTube clips have gone viral for a few years. He's so well-spoken. 
He's clearly going to be a reporter when he gets older. And the players who we went up to, they loved, they loved that he was asking them questions. Here is 11-year-old Jeremiah Fennel talking to 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. Hello, my name is Jeremiah. I know who you are. Yes. Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so my first question to you is, 2024 could be your year. You have a new baby on the way. Congratulations. Man, thank you. Possibly a new Super Bowl. How are you processing it all? Man, I'm just taking it moment by moment. You know, this is such an amazing, special year for me. You mentioned it, uh, welcoming my, my first baby boy into the world and, and being able to play in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So just taking it moment by moment. What about Bobby Matt Wagner made you want to emulate his play style since your college days? Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been the best backer in the league for a long time, ever since I joined the uh, joined the NFL. So I was like, you know what? I got to figure out what the best is doing if I, if I want to be the best one day. And so I studied his game and tried to take little things out of his game and, and put them into mine. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Other than him, what is the hardest part about going against the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody talks about Mahomes and his uh, his counterpart, Travis Kelsey, you know, two gold jacket guys, and the chemistry that they have, you know, knowing where each other is going to be on every single play and making so many plays over the years is uh, pretty special. And my final question to you is, does your defense have a game plan specifically designed to slow down Travis Kelsey? <laughs> I guess we'll have to find out on Sunday. You know, I can't get that to you now. All right, brother. Yeah, I'm going to go big to you. I love seeing these clips with that little guy, Jeremiah. He's clearly, I mean, I guess seven years now. He's 18. He's going to want to go to college. When he's done with college, you know that he's going to land himself a job. Everybody's going to know who he is. I'm going big deal. And I love that the players all know who he is and they love talking to him. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. All right, so again, go back, watch Driving the Line, youtube.com slash at Driving the Line. I was on yesterday's show. I'm on today's show. I did the whole show with them. It's like 45 minutes. So go back and watch that. We give away picks. I gave picks. Hopefully I help you you win, make all the monies, and then everybody's happy. I'm on ESPN Radio tomorrow night doing Super Bowl coverage, filling in Amber and Ian. I'm doing the show with Amber Wilson Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. So that's tomorrow. You don't have to worry about that until tomorrow. Tonight, Panthers back in action. Heat back in action. Great sports night locally. Obviously, we're looking forward to that. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today. Thanks to everybody who helped put together a great show. Can't do it without all your hard work behind the scenes. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.